Welcome to Leaders of the West, a podcast for innovators and changemakers. I'm your host, Jesse Jarvis, the founder of Of the West, and I'm sitting down with agriculturalists, entrepreneurs, executives, and everyone in between with the goal of digging into the strategies, mindsets, and lessons that have been crucial to the success of ag and Western. Whether you're carrying on the next generation of your family's operation, starting something from scratch, or determined to climb up the leadership ladder, we're going to inspire you to continue to dream big, growing not just you, but the future of agriculture and Western as a whole. Let's go. You guys, we are back for another episode of Leaders of the West. So today's episode is a solo episode, and I am going to dig into goal setting today. So I know a few of you are probably thinking to yourselves, Jesse, it is August 1st. Why in the heck are we talking about goals on today of all days? But for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you will know that about a month ago, I shared in stories how I was developing the goals for both of the West and myself for quarter three. And I shared a few photos in stories of how I do that and the matrix that I use It is on my wall. It's probably three feet by four feet in size. It has a lot of colorful post-it notes all over it. Anytime that somebody comes into our house and they come into my office, it is always the thing that they say, hey, what is this? And you guys asked that question too. A lot of you had DM'd me and said, hey, will you explain exactly how you do this or what this is? I am really wanting to rework how I set my goals and I would love to know more. And so to all of you, I said, that I was going to lay all of this out in a future podcast episode. Well, this is the episode. So if you are somebody who is wanting to know how I set the goals for Of the West and how you can set your goals, both personally and professionally, today is the day. Before I get into how I do it, I want to walk back into setting goals in general because I can tell you that I am not somebody who is perfect in this. In fact, I am the quite opposite Up until a couple of years ago when I started using this method, I was setting my goals all wrong. So for 30 plus years of my life, not that I was necessarily setting any goals prior to the age of five, right? But I was doing it all wrong. And this may resonate with a lot of you too, right? I would sit down on the 1st of January and I would get a piece of paper and I'd sit down in my office or at the kitchen table and I would write down all of the things that I wanted to achieve that year or things that I thought I wanted to achieve, right? Because so often I think we think that we need to have goals around specific things in life and actually we're not tied to those things whatsoever. So it's really important to only have goals set that you are excited or very purposeful in achieving. So I'd write down all of these goals on my piece of paper. I would walk it back into my office. I would put the piece of paper in my filing cabinet I would leave it there. At the end of the year, on December 31st, I would pull out that piece of paper to see, oh, I wonder how many goals I got checked off my list. You guys, how many goals do you think that I got checked off of that list? A very small percentage of them because, number one, I wasn't putting them in a place where I could see them every single day, and I was not developing a plan around how to attack them, right? To incorporate those things in my everyday life so that I could have a roadmap or a blueprint to get to the goals. This is the roadmap that I am going to walk you guys through today. 
So this is the thing that's going to help you not just take those ideas from paper, but we are going to implement them into your life so that you are able to attack those goals and reach your big dreams. So I am going to walk back to the beginning of the year because I think that this is going to help put it into perspective as to how I plan our goals. But before we get to that, I want to talk about why it's important today, right? Why are we talking about this on August 1st? Well, there's still eight weeks left in quarter three. And if there are goals that you want to achieve by September 30th, today is a great day to start. You have eight weeks that you can put a plan in place. You can attack them. And when you achieve that goal on or before September 30th, you're going to feel really good about yourself. And then when we get to October 1st, you're going to have 12 weeks left in the quarter, left in the year of 2023, and you're going to have some new goals. And maybe some of them are the same goals that you need to continue to get you to where you want to be. But you're going to have goals and you're going to use this same plan, the same framework to build out those goals. And at the end of the year, you're going to look back and say, holy cow, I have achieved a lot since the 1st of August. And that confidence and that momentum is really going to set you up for success in the next year because you're going to sit down on January 1st and you're going to plan out your annual goals for yourself, your company, your family, whatever it is. And you're going to think, these don't seem as overwhelming. These don't seem as daunting because I started this back in August. I have accomplished a lot since then. This is only going to fuel your fire, right? It's going to keep you hungry for those. So that is why even though today might feel like a random Tuesday, we are going to rock and roll on our goals because we're setting ourselves up for success tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, for next week, next month, next year. You get the picture. Okay, so back to January 1st. This is how I laid out our goals for this year. So I write down all of the things that I want to achieve personally, and I write down all of the things that I want of the West to achieve as well. So we break down those goals, we get them all in a list, and then we say, okay, what goals are most important? Most important could be two things. One, it is going to bring in revenue, or it's going to be a milestone for our company, or it has a deadline attached to it, right? So there may be things that need to get done in the first quarter. There may be things that could get pushed off to a quarter when our goals seem a little bit less than, or maybe there is filler, if you will. So we go through, we prioritize all of our goals so that we know which goals we're going to attack in which quarter. Okay, well, that's not enough. So then what we do is we focus on that quarter. So in the beginning of the year, obviously it's quarter one, and we list out all of the goals that we're going to accomplish in quarter one, and we make a plan over the course of that 12 weeks as to how we're going to do that. So that's exactly what I was doing a month ago when a few of you saw me doing this on stories. It was the beginning of quarter three. So I had looked at all of the goals we had had for the year, the ones that we had dedicated to quarter three. Were there any things that we had thought about doing in quarter two that we didn't get to or that we need to continue to do because dates changed? One thing that's really important to keep in mind when it comes to setting goals is they need to be fluid, right? Things can happen Don't let those roadblocks delay your progress. If you had something that you wanted to get done in quarter two and something else happened or came out of left field, it's okay to move that to quarter three because at the end of the day, the goal is to still get it accomplished in this year. You're still getting it accomplished in this year. We had a few of those goals this year. So that is why they are at the top of mind for us. So let's walk back to what you guys can do starting today 
as to how we plan these goals. So I can't take credit for coming up with this method on my own. I worked with a business coach named Allie Dunn who taught me this method, and it has absolutely changed my life. And I will also say that if you're somebody who is in Idaho, in the Treasure Valley, Southern Idaho, and you're looking for a business coach, I cannot recommend Allie and Deliberate Directions enough. I will make sure to add her information in the show notes below. But here's what's really cool about this method. So if you're somebody who has big goals and they scare you, which hopefully if you have big goals, they do scare you because that's kind of the point of big goals, right? They're pushing us to do more. So often those goals can leave you thinking, how am I going to do this? And when you think that way, you can get paralyzed in fear to where you do nothing. You take no action. Well, you're not going to get very far if you're not taking action, right? So this method creates the plan that helps you put these goals into perspective, into action, makes them a lot less scary. Now, there are two different types of goals, and I'm going to tell you what those are, and then I'm going to dig in deeper within each of those. So there's one-time goals, and there are habitual goals. One-time goals are going to have some kind of an end date or a deadline that you need to accomplish them by. Habitual goals are going to be goals that you are going to do the exact same thing every single week until they're developed as a habit into your schedule. So those one-time goals, they are something that you want to accomplish and it has some kind of an end date or a deadline. In this case, for today's example, the deadline that we're going to use is September 30th because that's the end of the quarter. That's eight weeks from now. So For example, the launching of this podcast was a one-time goal. Now, the podcast is something that we obviously have to continue to what I call feed and water, right? We're always releasing new episodes. We're always reaching out to new guests. We're always doing interviews, marketing it. So it would actually be a habitual goal because it's something that you're doing consistently every single week. But the launching of the podcast, once we launched the podcast, we never had to launch it again. So this would be you know, maybe it's a webinar, maybe it's a course that you have, maybe it is a project, anything with a deadline or an end date, it's a one-time goal. So to get started, if you are somebody who has a one-time goal, write down every single thing it is going to take to accomplish the goal. I mean everything. So again, going back to using this podcast as an example, We had to research platforms. We had to buy recording equipment. I had to develop a mission statement. We developed a purpose. We identified future guests. We wrote out our guest outreach emails. We developed the framework for how and when we would reach out to those guests. All of those things that we needed to do in order to launch, right? So write down every single thing. How I do this is grab a piece of notebook paper, grab a piece of white paper, and I like brain dump on to the page. It doesn't have to be perfect. We're going to do that in the next step, but make sure that every single thing, even if it is little and minute, write it down. So the next step after you've written out all of the tasks, go back through and prioritize that list. So you're probably going to be one of two ways. You might be the person who needs to get a brand new piece of paper and organize them in their priority list, or you might be the person who's able to just put a one, a two, a three next to each of the tasks in the order that they need to be done. However it is that you need to prioritize them, just make sure that you take them and put them in the order in which they need to be done so that you can accomplish the goal. So now what you have is a detailed and prioritized list of everything you need to do in the order you're going to do it, and that goal is waiting at the end. 
And I can tell you, when you look at what was a big, scary, daunting goal, you're going to think, wow, that isn't actually that hard after all, right? I have always been annoyed by that saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? But this is that. You are breaking down this goal into weekly bites. Okay, so I'm going to stop here and I'm going to start talking about habitual goals. And then once we get to the same point in habitual goals, we're going to take that prioritized list and we're going to put it into our matrix, okay? So habitual goals, I talked a little bit about those. These are goals where you're doing the same thing every single week. But by doing it, you're creating a habit. So in this type of goal, you're less focused on prioritizing tasks and you're more focused on prioritizing your time to complete them. So for instance, one of the habitual goals that we have at Of The West is that every week we have to reach out to five new employers. Now, that doesn't sound like much, but I will tell you that cold outreach is something I absolutely despise. It makes me very uncomfortable. I was never cut out for sales. So I will consistently move it to the bottom of my list, which means that it never gets done. But we can't grow of the West if we're not getting our name out to new employers. So even though I don't enjoy it, it's something that has to be done, which is why we've created this habitual goal around it. So to walk back a little bit as to why we reach out to five new people every week is because at the beginning of the year, we set a goal that we wanted to reach out to 250 new employers over the course of 2023. So we divided that by 52. The number is not actually five. It would be less than five gets us to 260, but five felt like a really manageable number for us to reach out to every week. So that's a really good example of having an annual goal and breaking it up into chunks. Because if we said we want to reach out to 250 people this year, that seems really overwhelming. But when we say we want to reach out to five people every week, and at the end of the year, that's going to get us to 260, 10 more than we originally wanted, that makes it really, really easy, right? So one-time goals may seem more fun because once they're done, they're done, they're off your plate. Whereas habitual goals seem somewhat never-ending because I reached out to five employers last week. I have to reach out to five new employers this week. Next week, what am I going to have to do? Reach out to five new employers, right? So you see how that can kind of be overwhelming. And if you're somebody like me who likes to check things off the list, it can feel frustrating because with habitual goals, you're not necessarily checking things off the list per se, but you are chipping away to reach your end result. So one thing that I will say with habitual goals, this is part of why creating rewards and incentives is really important because that is taking place of checking it off your list, right? Once I've reached out to 20 employers, if I'm rewarded with something, that makes me feel like I have accomplished something. So if you are doing habitual goals, make sure that you're adding in rewards and incentives every so often, whether that's at the end of the week, whether it's at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter, there should always be some kind of reward or incentive attached. The other thing to keep in mind with habitual goals is that it's really important to keep them manageable. So five new employers, we've talked about why our number is five, right? But that maybe doesn't sound like much. Somebody might say to themselves, well, if you can do five new employers a week, you should actually be able to reach out to 10, right? But we have this whole sequence where we follow up after 10 days, after 30 days, after 60 days, and after 90 days. So every week, that actually ends up being 25 employer emails that we send out over the course of the week. So see how five made it to 25, right? Because of the way and the format in which we reach out. So had I set that at 10, 
that would have been closer to 50 people a week. So make sure that when you set habitual goals, that you're also going to set them to where they're manageable. You're not going to get overwhelmed. And you also have to keep in mind that you have other goals that you're going to set. Chances are you're not going to focus on one goal over the next eight weeks, right? You're going to focus on a few of them. So keep in mind that when you set that number, that you're factoring in the tasks you're going to have to be doing in order to reach all of your goals, not just this one. So to give you some ideas of other habitual goals that you could set, I have one for quarter three called wellness. And every day I have the goal where I get 45 minutes of exercise, whether that is going on a walk, whether it is a workout. And then I also have the goal to read one book every month. So the important thing for me in reading is it gets me away from my phone, it gets me away from my computer, and it also increases my mental sharpness. So these are things that I always want to be working on. I make it a habitual goal, though, because at the end of every month, I check in with myself and I say, hey, did I read that book that I was supposed to this month? And at the end of every week, I check in with myself and I say, hey, did I get seven days worth of 45 minutes of exercise every day? If I didn't, I know that I need to work on that next week. And if I did, then go me. Okay, so let's talk about the map. Now that we've identified our habitual goals and our one-time goals, we have everything we think we need to achieve them, right? So let's put it into the visual component. So the visual aspect is what is really important in this goal-setting method, right? Because that is the thing that helps keep us on track. When we see things, we believe them. It increases our awareness to our goals, and it helps keep us on our path. When you're driving, we all want to take a road that we can see. We don't want to take a road that doesn't look like it's there, right? Well, this is the road that is going to take you to your goals. Also, if you're somebody who's big on visuals, I will also make sure to take some stories today over on Instagram, visuals of my map, and then I will also save those in a story highlight called Goals. That way, if you're not listening to this on Tuesday, you didn't miss the information, you'll be able to access it, and then you can continue to use that if you need to refresh your memory when you go back and start planning those goals in October, right? If you want to come back and get a new visual, you're more than welcome to. So for this, you're going to need a roll of butcher paper and a few different colors of small post-it notes, and a yardstick is really helpful if you're anything like me and you cannot deal with lines that are not straight. So I'll link everything that I have bought to create this in the description, and I'll also make sure to add that in those stories over in that goals highlight for you guys. If you are somebody who has a big whiteboard that you want to use, that would be really easy to do too. I'm just going to share how I make my map so that you guys have a reference point of some kind. So columns, columns are top to bottom, rows are left to right. In case you're somebody who needed that refresher, we're going to talk about columns and rows and I want to make sure you guys get it right, okay? So my map has 11 rows and 13 columns. You can have as many rows as you like because each goal that you've developed is going to be dedicated to a row, but having 13 columns is a must because there are 12 weeks in the quarter and the name of your goal. So the name of your goal is going to go on the left and then you're going to have every single week following that goal for 12 weeks. So like I said, you guys, I know that your goal is going to be over the next eight weeks, but we're going to make this matrix to where it's 12 weeks. That way you can continue to reuse it throughout the quarters of the year. So each goal is given its own dedicated row. So the leftmost column, that is going to have a post-it note on it with the name of the goal. And from there, you're going to take that very first goal that you want to attack in the next eight weeks, 
and you're going to get that piece of paper that had your priority list. And from that list, you're going to transfer those tasks on to Post-its. Now, some weeks might have one big task, so that's going to be the only task that's written on that Post-it. And another week may have three or four little things that you need to get done in order to stay on track. So just make sure that when you do that, you're taking into consideration all of the goals on your list and all of the tasks that you're going to be doing that week. So just to recap, what you do is you're taking those prioritized tasks and you're laying them out within your week every single week until the end of the quarter. And just like that, you're going to have everything laid out in a task-oriented, prioritized weekly layout so you know exactly what you need to do every single week to get you to not only one of those goals, but every single goal that you just set. If you're somebody who had habitual goals, so for instance, those five employers that I reach out to, I don't actually write anything on those post-its. So I'll go, I put 12 post-its out throughout the quarter, and then at the end of every week on Sundays, I go in and I write the five employers that I reached out to. So there are going to be some goals where you have things written on every single post-it, and there are also going to be some goals where all you have is the post-it, and you are going to write them down as you do them. So on Sundays, I do two things. I look at my list and I see what I got accomplished in the last week. And I have little star stickers that I put on the post-its that I've completed. Yes, I give myself gold stars like a five-year-old, but I prefer that method compared to crossing it off because I want to be able to look back and see the task that I completed. Whereas when I cross it off, then I can't go back and see it because it's got the line through it, right? So The stars work good for me. Whatever helps you indicate that you have accomplished the goal, use that. If you have those habitual goals, like I said, this is when I also go in and I write down the five employers that I reached out to. I put a gold star on the post-it to signify that I accomplished it. And I also have a couple of columns dedicated to other methods of checking in. So I have one dedicated to leads and conversions where I write down how many new companies joined the site and how many of those companies we had contacted in the past. Having a pulse on those numbers, even though they're not necessarily a goal that I have for that month, but it coincides with a number of our other goals, such as the number of jobs we want to see on the site every week, the number of employers that we've reached out to, which I've already talked with you guys about, right? New employers, returning employers, Constantly checking in with those goals also tells me if our efforts are working, right? So if we need to revisit the actions and steps that we're taking in order to achieve them, or maybe I go back and I notice that over the last three weeks, certain areas of our company have just blossomed. So whatever we're doing when it comes to marketing, we're doing correctly. We need to continue on with that momentum. And if I see the opposite, then that tells us that we really need to revisit the actions that we're taking and change it up. That's one of the reasons that I love this matrix when it comes to laying out my goals is because not only is it taking me to my goal, but it's also giving me a reference point where I can really look at the data in the past and say, is this working like I thought it was? Is it not? Do we need to change things? Do we need to fix things? And that really centers us and continues to push us further. So the next thing that I do on Sundays is I use what I accomplished last week and what I know I need to accomplish the next week 
to determine my plan for the upcoming week. So I look at my calendar. I see what did I not maybe get done in my goal matrix because that does happen. And then I put those on my list first because I know if I needed to get them done last week and they are coming before the other steps that I need to be taking this week, they need to get done first. From there, I prioritize my goals and those tasks. And not only does it help develop my list, but it also helps me develop my team's list for the week. The other thing that I will add in here is make sure that you're keeping it manageable. Don't add in so much in the week that there's no way that you can get it all done, especially if you're not taking into consideration all of the little things that come up that you don't necessarily anticipate. If you're doing outreach, there may be some customer service that you didn't anticipate that's going to take up a couple of hours of your time. Your husband might call and say, hey, I left my lunch at home. Can you drive 30 miles and bring it to me? Because that happened to me last week, right? There's a lot of those little things that we don't necessarily anticipate. So don't fill your week so full that you cannot get it all done. But hopefully this was helpful for some of you guys who are looking for a reimagined way of chasing your dreams, making big impacts, improving in yourself, attacking those goals. If you guys have any questions whatsoever, feel free to reach out to me over on Instagram. You can send me an email. You can send an email to our team. Whatever method you get it, unless it's a carrier pigeon, we promise that we will get back to you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope this was helpful for you. If it was helpful for you, please share it with somebody else. I want to see this in your stories. I want to see you guys taking action on your goals. I want to see you guys laying out your butcher paper and your post-it notes. I'm really excited for you, especially because I know how this has impacted me in such a positive way. It has impacted our company in such a positive way, and I know it can do the same for you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. We will see you back here next week. If you loved this episode, do us a favor and share it with someone else who might find just as much value in it as you did. We're on a mission to continue to grow and strengthen the future of agriculture and Western industries, and you spreading the word helps us make more of a positive impact. It also makes a big difference when you take a minute to go rate and review the show. We can't thank you enough for listening, for sharing, and for loving Ag and Western as much as we do. We'll see you back here for our next episode.